Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio. It's the Late Show with Francie Weatherman. last night 
Was it last night or was it Friday night? I can't remember. He he passed away last night on his seventy uh, fifth birthday. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, it was his birthday yesterday, and he did pass away last night on his seventy fifth birthday. So uh, Edward is probably going to be calling in shortly. Um, hey, Brad, how you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, had a very full week. Spending time with five grandchildren is rewarding and wearing out, if you guess you could say. That was a week ago for Halloween weekend. And uh, I know, Francie, you're aware we do this huge show for Halloween night. I've seen the video. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. I've seen the video. But, uh, you know, as the years go by, you know, more and more grandkids keep... uh, Keep popping out of the womb, and now we've got five, and we're still recovering. Oh, man. Nice. Or yeah, Brett, uh, That's always fun. What's that? I said, you can't go wrong, though, because that's always fun, uh, you know, especially with five. Oh, yeah. I mean, like I said, it's a lot of work, but it's also quite rewarding because we don't have the parenting aspect of it. We just, like, spoil the hell out of them. And send them home. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then their, yeah. their parents deal with them. I, I hate hey, to say it, my mom, she didn't have that luxury because she couldn't send uh, her grandkids home. Uh, my older brother, he had uh, two daughters, and he could not, she could not send the grandchildren home because home was right there. And... Honestly, though, those grandchildren turned out really good. My nieces are fantastic. Hey, uh, Francie, I was wondering if I could get if I, I was wondering if I could get this out of the way before we get rolling with the show. Is it would it be cool if I gave out a plug? Yes. Okay, Baldhead Radio has been off the air for quite some time as I was building a recording studio. However. We will be coming back sometime either this month or in December, um, but it's going to be in podcast form. And, uh, Francie, I'd love it if you would uh, be one of our first guests. Um, I also have a I didn't potential... scare you away through all these. Yes, of course, I'll be honored. I also have a potential co-host that will be in studio with me. Um, he's going to be... Uh, I'm going to be running him over the ropes to see how he does, but he's very interested in it, and uh, we'll see how that goes. So um, I will be announcing on Baldhead Radio's Facebook on the fan page uh, when exactly we will be on the air. Um, again, it's going to be a podcast, so one caller, two hosts, and uh, that's the way we're going to do that. And uh, anyway, thanks for letting me get that up. I appreciate it. Oh well, thank you for for announcing that. Uh, hey, Brett, you're you're going to stick around, yeah. right? All right, I'm stick check this out. Too. Okay, check this out. Uh, you know, we we got up and running again, and we're trying to get the show back. By the way, uh, Block Talk Radio right now raised our bar even higher because the listeners keep getting higher. 
So we got a higher bar now. Woohoo! So we're like a narcotic for them. <laughs> we are like you know. I told I told uh, William and I told Tom. I said, look. The bar ratio, I wish I could copy and paste this. You know, we were dead. Now we're back alive. And now the bar is raised higher. So it looks like we're dead again. But the fact is, the bar raised over 200 listeners in one day. So our bar's raised, and it looks like we were dying again. But the fact is, is that we're over 200. I wish I could send the graphs to you. I, I showed Nick. By the way, Nick, your life. And I showed okay. Nick the bar. I'm like, we just raised the bar again. Sometimes I think I was raised in a bar. Oh, we would. You, you know, I, I told Francie well, when she uh, told me earlier that uh, she thinks that she raised the bar. I, I told her uh, uh, something like, uh, "We have a bar, and it's raised. Where's the staircase to it?" Yeah, but, that's right. Because sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name, anyways. That exactly. I, I yeah. don't think don't it would be where sense. nobody knows our names because I, I don't think anybody else lives here. Besides us, that that I know of, but you know, if there is a secret staircase to a bar, then uh, you know, I don't care if anybody. Well, if there was anybody there, that would be like weird. I would probably mm-hmm. like, you know, um, Facebook Live it, and uh, well, you know, so people can experience know, uh, it. But a bar it, by itself it, yeah. and a secret like upwards staircase passageway well, is. Is okay with Miss, me. Miss Misery, mm-hmm. Miss Misery did that YouTube video uh, interviewing you and Francie about the, you know, oh, you house that? I think that fits. I think that fits in right with what you were saying. You know, is there a, a hidden bar? Is that where the the ghosts are going upstairs? Maybe. Oh man, don't tell if me that, that would be great if, they, if she discovered course, it on her show. Of course, but it's new to me. Bar. That's where the spirits are. <laughs> So that was a good video. We'll just see Nick going, you know, going live on there, and then we're just gonna hear. Oh, hello. Do you like hamsters? (laughs) (laughs) Why does everybody think I like hamsters? Oh, I guess it's because of me. Uh, Because you love hamsters. You know, you know. I haven't had any since uh, our last cat killed it. I just want to say something. Uh, we got somebody in the chat room, and if she would like to call in, uh, Miss X is in the chat room. She She's a classic. She's a classic here on Block Talk Radio. Call in if you can. Um, yeah, if, but uh, speaking of that is um, Raina's. Son went to everybody, and I think he called Mr. Torture a giraffe. And he went to Nick, and he said, "You're a hamster." <laughs> I fell out laughing. I was like, "Seriously, of all the animals to call Nick?" And he walked up to him, and he said, "You're a hamster." 
<laughs> yeah, I was so tempted what? after that to like tell him all about the planet Wu, where hamsters actually come from. Yeah, and and uh, the moon where the gerbils live, and the gerbils are all anti-hamster. It's like Democrats yeah. and Republicans, only they're gerbils and hamsters. And the hamsters yeah. love fish. They have a communication with the fish. And and there's there's a guinea squid civilization that lives <laughs> in the ocean in uh, in the planet. It, it's a whole like long like uh, I have a J.R.R. Tolkien kind of like world inside my head about the planet Wu and the hamsters and the gerbils and their war and and uh, uh, general so cute to me which led the hey. battle between the hamsters and the gerbils. Anyway, is it, is uh, it that, one that's a whole other thing. I can talk for hours. So now what you got to do is start building the book set, get it released. Yeah, or something. That's, yeah. What, I mean, that's you know. what my mom said. My mom said that. She's like, oh, my gosh. I, I really have more important childhood. things to write about. <laughs> But my in the meantime, mind. though, it's uh, this whole world in my head about, you know, the Guinea Squid, Guinea squid the hamsters, the planet Wu, and all that, Red. you know, their languages, and the gerbils on the moon, and the war between them. Right. Mm. Yeah. Do any of them call each other dirty rats? <laughs> There's no rats. There's no rats there. <laughs> And that the hamsters actually have a portal where they become born on the planet Earth. <coughs> Pardon me. And they um, they become born, and then they live among us humans for about three to four years. And then when they die, their spirits go back into their real bodies, which are about the size of dogs on the planet Wu, and they report back. So they get a lot of a lot of human culture especially American culture, which integrates with theirs, with their, with their uh, music and their, you know, and their lifestyle and stuff. And uh, 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 one band that, uh, that's really making it right now is, is called the, the Baby Cute Ones. Nick, I think you got a basis and, yeah, for a Yeah, they're little pink there. hamsters, and they're just starting out. But they've got, Nick, like, a got lot a of for a children's book. Yeah, yeah, well, well, yeah or maybe a children's adult. I mean, it it is more like Watership Down as far as yeah. adults. They're cute, <laughs> like Powerpuff Girls cute. You know, I mean. Now, um, do the, but yeah, do the, the hamsters whole world. wear pants? The world. Hmm. The whole do the hamsters world. wear pants? Uh, no, they don't wear clothes. But oh, sometimes okay. they do because they like our, our culture. But oh, everything is that they don't they right? burn money. Yeah. They they burn money in their fireplaces because it has no value. And and it keeps them warm. But uh in their culture everybody does their job and everybody's happy and they've got like little currency in a way. But uh they they're just they you know, they they just they're they're not communists. They're just they're beyond us. Beyond anything we can fathom, and they all get along. 
Why is this you, not a, a children's book yet? Am I correct? Yeah, yeah Nick. You got to break that a children's book, buddy. No, I, oh, wow. I, I got to write a lot more books first about people killing people and monsters. You can do both, <laughs> can't you? And creatures and, and, and stuff like that. I, there's a lot inside my head that's more important than just like cute little, cute little very like little ham hams. Oh, I don't know. It sounds like an entry in the blue bed bed sheet books. Yeah, oh, maybe you know. Days. Maybe I'll yeah, maybe I'll tell somebody about it and they'll do it for me while I write all make, the gory stuff. Or make it a graphic yeah. novel. And make it kind of that way. You know. Yeah. Yeah. You got to have an illustrator for sure. Yeah. So, and, and not to mention, I mean, you know, you already said that it's gonna be like Watership Down, and you know, the first mm-hmm. half of the of the story was all. You know, perky, cute little buddies, and then you get to the back half. So, why why not just do both? Yeah, especially the yeah. general so cute to me. He like yeah. uh, when he talks, he's like Japanese. I am general so cute to me, and his enemies mm. would like laugh at him and go, <laughs> you know, your name is so cute to me. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but anyway, anyway, I, I regress, digress, regress, digress. <laughs> no, no, you did both, this, on this you show, did we both at the same time. That's amazing, dude. Yeah. yeah What's yeah. your secret? <laughs> <laughs> My street cred. Yeah, I can do it. There we go. Hey, you, you, you should hear him. You should hear him go. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> He's so white. Yeah. <laughs> He's so white. <laughs> he makes you know, it's a California thing, that's all. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. And even mm-hmm. a boss in when he says, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Don't you so white. <laughs> Why? Why? Right. I think you yeah, need Gemini right. Burke to weigh out this whole thing. You know, make it all kind oh, of yeah. easy playing field. Get we Gemini Burke it. on. You know. <laughs> yeah, we can. We can do here. a yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, Boy, Brett. Really. Here's something that you missed. Uh, you have not been with us. Uh, that's okay. But, you know, we had uh, two perspectives of uh, COVID. What do you mean? How one person reacts to COVID and how another person reacts to COVID. you want to hear the clips? Sure, play it. All right. We got Jonathan Mayberry and Deborah Lamb talking about the COVID lockdown. I been insanely busy. Um, the, these last years have blurred quite a bit. Um, I feel a bit like I'm ankle chained to my desk because I'm writing all the time. And I think I'm probably the only person moderately happy that, that uh, we have social isolation because I've just been able to stay home and write. Um, <laughs> I mean, I'm not happy why there's social isolation, but, you know, it's, it's making lemonade and lemons, you know. Um, if I have to stay home and can't go out and visit, you know, I go to conferences and visit the people that I like seeing at those events, 
I'll stay at home and write something they can read while they're in isolation. I, I didn't. I never thought about that. That's this year. Last year it was in. Last year I was actually really busy because I had a couple films that were shooting at the beginning of the year last year, like in March, right when mm-hmm. COVID hit. And so, oh. and then I, yeah, and then I had a couple more films that were supposed to be shooting um, early last year. So everything got delayed. But starting in August of last year, it's really funny. All of a sudden, everything that I was going to work on, everything that I was going to work on toward the beginning of the year started up again in August. So between August and November of last year, I was literally doing one film after the other, like five or six films, Every other week I was working on another film for, like, a few months. Yeah, I, I, I love that clip. If you put those two together, you know, uh, Jonathan Mayberry, he's like, yeah, I get to write. And Deborah Lamb is saying, oh, everything's put on hold, and now I got to act. Hmm. That's interesting, yeah. I, Two different perspectives. Yeah, I thought that yep. was interesting when I put those two uh, side by side and listening to it. And I didn't think too much about it after the show was over. But li- listening to them back to back and pulling off the clips, I'm like, wow. Deborah yeah. Lamb had to work overtime. And Jonathan Mayberry was like, hey, (laughs) I'm chained to my desk and I'm working overtime too, but I'm not having to stress so much. Mm. Okay, we do have a caller, 754. I do believe this might be Edward. No. Oh, it is. Oh, I see it now. Okay, come on. That's why I I used to always knew my chef Maddie from Hell's Kitchen season four because I'm terrible at numbers, <laughs> and I would always mute somebody, and uh, they would always say. Why the hell did you mute me? And I'm like, oh, crap, I did, didn't I? I'm terrible. I'm terrible with numbers, too. That's all right. I mean, you know, at least I was was waiting for the original ultimate question that we had for the first few months, which is, is this Tom? (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Francie. You should find a clip and play it at some point later uh, where I was uh, interrogating William and Tom to uh, differentiate their their voices and and stuff and and, uh, I, and yeah and and uh, I had a like a quiz uh, about uh, who was who and I'm not even okay, sure if I got I, it right. I will find that. But uh, yeah, that's yeah. It was a cool, like, little tidbit thingy. 
thingy. There was there was there was something cool that happened with you, Tom. And uh, we had Jim Knight Burke on, and uh, you had to walk your you you could not be with us because you had to walk your daughter down the aisle. On what? October 3rd, my birthday, which re- remind you that their anniversary is my birthday. I thought this was great. You and Jim and I, Burke, uh, uh, talked about walking your daughter down the aisle. Do you remember that? that? Nice. Yep, that was nice. Yeah, you wow. want to play the clip? Sure. Great, Jim and I, Burke. But who's this black right. Tom that had a wedding? I was listening about the wedding. Uh, who, where's Tom? Is Tom still listening? Yeah, he's there. Tom Sawyer. Tom Sawyer, what a yeah. wedding, man. What a wedding. Congratulations, oh. man. I, I think that's a beautiful thing to give your daughter away. I mean, not to give her Thank away, you. but you, you know what I'm saying. It's a but she was already kind of taken. Nice it was yeah, I'm really excited to hear about that. Down the aisle. Awesome. Thank you. I will tell you, I, you're a good father to call a puke fest a wonderful wedding. I, I, I was listening. <laughs> well, it was only two or three people. It wasn't, it wasn't a fest. It wasn't a puke fest. It was only a couple people, but that was that was not in the middle of the wedding. There's something about the wedding that just made you remember that. It's well, that's because they were so drunk there. when you see them. I thought I was bad, but they were kind of worse. You know, <laughs> hey, that's going to be something you'll always remember. You'll remember giving yeah, her away, and you'll be like, I just love her. She's so sweet. <laughs> and then you look over there to the right. I I thought that was great. You and Jim and I had a, uh, you know, you were talking about the wedding, and uh, Jim and I was on hold and waiting for us to bring him on. and. That's what he got out of that train wreck <laughs> at the beginning of the show was you talking about the wedding. Well, you know, it was the next day early. I mean, it, well, I mean, some people pretty got pretty lit, but you know, and, and me, I was one of them. <laughs> but oh yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm I older, we, more experienced we, than we called you. We called you yeah. before we went. I called you on that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I had a, a few uh, Jack and Cokes. So I was, uh, that was well deserved, though. I was glad I didn't drive there. Let's put it that way. And that's it. You, know, had, <laughs> you were I, trying I to call into the. Some, you were trying yeah, to call I know, I, I, into the show, and yeah, I was uh, the wrong numbers. Yeah, you called those. <laughs> <laughs> I called like three or four different numbers. I called my own daughter's <laughs> number, and I, I think I called the one that got married's number, and then I called you guys, and and uh, somebody came <laughs> talk to me. It was talking to me, and I had to hang up and talk to them, and it was a uh, well putting a bully as a clusterfuck of phone calls that night. Well, hey, I mean, you, know, not... you were able to make and it was it was me trying that. to. Drunk dial, so buddy, you know, I was technically drunk, but I mean legally probably, but trying to 
damn near dial somebody. My phone was like, oh, Jesus Christ, I can't hardly see in this light. <laughs> you know. <laughs> hey, hey, Tom. Tom. Yeah. Um, now that it's perfectly clear to uh, to uh, a lot of people um, that are listening um, that you drink, uh, uh, do you? Is it normal for you to drink when you're writing? You know, I don't drink a lot. I don't drink most of the time when I'm writing, but when I go through a bad thing of writer's block, I will admit, if it's like a, a week or two and I'm not getting a word down, I will go to my favorite watering hole and take a legal pad and a pen or two and order a couple adult pops. And usually by the time I leave the bar, I'm relaxed and it's like, okay, yeah, now I'm back in the groove again. Have you ever like drink sat while down I like with a, while. a couple of beers and yeah. and yeah, just well, wrote by yourself? Yep, I'll go. I'll go to the bar and even the bar owner that um, we're friends with that because that's kind of the regular bar we go to. She goes. I'll, she goes. I'll see you come in and she goes. Jesus, you'll you'll sit there and uh, when you leave you'll you'll have ten twelve pages of legal pages legal pad pages written. And it's like, okay, I'm in my groove, you know. There, Usually there I take two to, two to four drinks. Yeah. You write at the bar? So, yeah. With uh, legal pads or sometimes yep. maybe even napkins, maybe? No, just legal. I'll take a legal pad with me because I'll just have it there because sometimes I might need more than one or two drinks to get me going. So, you know, okay. and I'll have it there. And even the bar people, the people that are customers have come up and goes, you know, he goes, I, he goes, I was watching you, and you're looking up in the air, and you're just like, you know, kind of like you're thinking, and then you went back down and started writing, and you took a drink, another drink, and had another drink, and then you're looking up in the air, kind of thinking, and then going back down and writing, and he goes, you writing a book? And I go, yeah. And he goes, I knew it. I knew it. So I go, yeah, I'm writing a book. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. Yeah, I've been, I've been through all of the above. Uh, I was just curious. <laughs> uh, that's cool. Yeah, I never... Yeah. Uh, yeah, just well, like getting I said, I knowledge out of you and experience. Yeah, yeah. That I mean, you know, a lot of writers they just like you know write wherever uh, or get uh, something else into their bodies that wasn't there before enough to inebriate them to you know. Well, I think it relaxes you. And it like it's it just kind of like. Just sit there, okay, relax, because is that what's that old saying? Uh, writing is like a fart or a relationship. If you force it, it's shit. You know, so yeah. you just kind of... I've never heard that. that. It, it's, it's, yeah, you know, I mean, you know. It's, it's if you sit there and kind of relax, it's like, ah, you know, because I won't just start writing. I'll just sit there and relax, have a drink, and kind of kick back a little bit. If I see somebody there, I know I'll talk to them, shoot the bull a little bit, and, you know... And just kind of, okay, just relax, kick back, quit forcing it, quit foot trying, you know, pushing, no. pressing too hard, quit forcing it, just relax. And that's all it usually now, it takes. Usually it's two drinks. Yeah. So, okay, so uh, so once you get into the zone, you know, are you still able to talk to your friend if you were making conversation with him, or do you look at him and go, okay, shut up, I'm writing? No, I can multitask. I can, you know, they might tell me a joke or something, and I'm thinking, yeah, I might have to use that somewhere. Someone's just saying something like that, or, you know, or I'll use some of that stuff later, you know. So it's just 
no, I'll, I'll talk to him because by then I've gotten back in the zone. I'm like, okay, I'm good, you know. So, no, I'm not rude to anybody. I just, I, you know, if they ask questions, you know, they'll get me talking about writing and stuff. And then, you know, and sometimes it's good to have that little bit of a distraction because then it gives you more ideas. Because sometimes they might say something that's like, hey, that might give me something for later or some other story or something. So, you know, it's really funny oh, how yeah. that works. So, I mean... So it's kind of like I, I don't recommend drinking and writing. I mean, what's that saying? Uh, 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 write drunk and edit sober or something like that. I just I don't recommend writing drunk. You know. Oh well, yeah, I, that's that's what I always did too. I I I've I've written a million pages um, drunk or almost or under the influence of something, but. Uh, but I would always have to like go through it later. I, I would always write it on a notepad, and my editing process would be um, like later taking it from that notepad and typing it in Word or something, and then yeah. you know going through it and 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 reading a sentence, going, "What the hell was I thinking about?" Okay, I won't like type that, and you know just going through it that way. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, that's why I put yeah, the acknowledgments. Yeah. I think the staff and the you know the people at Kennedy's Irish Pub because they're usually the ones that wait on me and talk to me and hey, how you doing? How's the writing going? What you working on? And you know they'll give me drinks, give me my space a little bit, and they almost know instinctively when to approach on food or beverage orders and um, you know so you know I mean. I, one was one was a waitress that worked there that I kind of patterned my lady vampire after because she kind of had dark features and was short and mm-hmm. in shadows in the dark. I go, Wendy, I hope you don't mind, but I based my and she goes, Oh no, and I let her read the manuscript because Oh no, she's cool. I like her. You know, there you go. You know, yeah. She's she's cool. Doesn't put up with shit. Now don't don't forget. But next time you go in there, bring them the clip so you so they know that you gave a shout out to the bar. Oh, I I do. I, I figured if I ever made it big, I'm gonna have a, you know, I get a, you know, I'm gonna have a big party there. That's where I usually have my parties, anyways. But I would uh, I'd get the bar to myself and all friends and family and have a good time till closing time, and then some. Sounds good. I I used to really yeah. like. Uh, Writing um, at, on notepads and and uh, napkins at bars and parties, uh, especially when I was working on the Everborn, and it was constantly in my head. But mm-hmm. I needed to go out and do stuff that was back in the day. I don't do that anymore. I'm kind of an introvert, but uh, but before, I mean, all the time, or or back when I used to hang out in the. Uh, early 90s with um, uh, when I got kicked out of my apartment and I uh, hung out, slept on the couch for many months with um, in this house that uh, a lot of like uh, people from local Los Angeles bands would like frequent and spend the night and or live there too. And a lot of people like doing heroin. One guy, uh, Rick Agnew, who was uh, really great one of the best guitarists i've ever known uh he he went missing for like a few days and came back and said i auditioned for ozzy 
and uh, but he he had like five albums to his credit by then. Uh, used to be um, a lead lead guitarist for the Adolescents. Uh, and uh, I was gonna say I thought um, I heard of him somewhere. And yeah, and uh, and and then like um, uh, 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 the basis for uh, Berlin, uh, which did that song from uh, Top Gun. Uh, Take your breath away. Yeah, and uh, you know, and and uh, and then allegedly the guy that killed um, Kurt Cobain. Um, uh, what's his name? Uh, I I knew him very well, um, and I have kind of like an inside thing about the whole Kurt Cobain thing too. I I think that it wasn't suicide. Um, but I, I actually talked to the guy that said that he killed him. Uh, and, uh, it was, um, uh, the lead singer of the mentors. Um, uh, Oh, I, I, uh, heck. um, but, um, yeah, uh, uh, just this whole subculture thing that I was immersed in. I hate to like <laughs> go off on a tangent, but, uh, uh, I was always the writer, but, um, they were always they, these people I hung around with were always like the musicians, and they kind of thought less of me because I wasn't musical, and I was uh, before they ever knew me back in church. Um, but uh, you know, wanting to be a Christian recording artist and all that, playing the piano, writing songs, and singing. Yeah, that's still being yeah. artistic. I don't but see how they still, can uh, like I mean, that. that that was like my drug days. Uh, and it was just like so weird, but I, I, those were the days where I would like, um, keep working on my stuff. Anyway, I, I, at one point where I didn't have a place to live for like two days and slept on a sidewalk, I still like, um, uh, got out from my, uh, sleeping bag and wrote, on the side, uh, well, not on the sidewalk, but sitting on the sidewalk just wrote more of the Everborn and stuff throughout those years. It was like freaky. I've written in, in all kinds of places, in Hollywood bars, uh, met Madonna, and in the same club that I met Madonna in, I was writing at the bar. <laughs> you know, uh, just, you know, because. Uh, as the words were always in my head, and between social interactions, I would just have to like scribble thoughts. And the next, I knew exactly where I left off in the book with in my head, and I would like scribble it down any way I can when I had a chance, especially in those situations where you know there was like drugs involved and social interaction back in the thing, yeah, but you know. Like I said, I don't recommend drinking and writing, but sometimes you just need to relax and get back and do something else. Oh, yeah, I'm an old bogey now. Those were back in the days. I think if I had a chance to do it all over again, I would probably do it pretty much the same because of the experience. And, oh, if I had a chance, um, I've got like a plethora of stuff to write. Um, I just got to take a vacation from publishing, but, uh, you know, or something in between. Uh, but it's, uh, I, you know, I am actually going to come out with, uh, hopefully 
by Christmas, a small anthology of uh, anthology. I hate it when I call it. Uh, an anthology is a collection of stories by different people. I mean a collection. Collection of, like, some newer stuff that I've written by December. Cool. And if Terry Horns is listening, he's been waiting forever. I sent him a copy of uh, The Ragman uh, that was published in 89 that I did that I, I don't like, that I like the story. And I asked him to revise it, and he totally turned it into something incredible. And he's been waiting for me to, like, put that out. And uh, I, I hope by Christmas people will be able to buy it. I've got like about six or seven books i got to publish by then. But uh, it, it, it's incredible. Incredible stuff. Great. Hey, Nick. Uh, I, got, I got a question for you. I want to see if you can remember this. We, you were talking about uh, you and the rest of the guys talking you about did that know, him, drinking or drink. What's that? You did that to oh. him. Did what to him? No, oh, the drinking and <laughs> come on. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. He was, he was a little I, part of it back in the day, but I'm he didn't really know to a great extent. But he, he, oh. he was part of those days. He never saw I'm me. We didn't go to nightclubs, Brett and I. No. Oh, okay. No. We hung out at, at uh, my place when I lived in the back of the Simpsons house. Mostly. Right. Okay. So I'm going to ask you, Nick, if you remember this. Back in '89. Right after the San Francisco earthquake, uh, me and Kyle and Jeff and Mickle went up in that little Dawson B-250, drove all the way to San Francisco to pick up Scott Trepp because he was pretty much homeless after that earthquake, right? Uh, yeah. We picked up like 40 sheets of acid up in San Francisco that weekend what and the came back hell down. What wrong with you guys? That's oh, just what on. we did. And so... I think I gave like five minutes to Nick. That much. <laughs> what? <laughs> not that much. Each one only has a hundred hits on it. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, come so on, anyway, I, 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 uh, I, 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 drank Donald Duck orange juice for 40 sheets of acid? What the hell is wrong with you? We bought them so, for Brett, let me, let me ask you one thing. Yeah, a lot more. But anyway, yeah, Brett, so, so Brett, what, what? Oh, I'm not Brett. Say, uh, so was it the uh, was it the Looney Tunes acid? Uh, I can't. I think it has the smiley faces on them. They're just the little little squares on a sheet. I gave like no, four yeah, or five yeah, hits yeah. to Nick, and I remember he was going to do some experimentation. Uh, yeah, I, I did. Uh, oh, I actually, uh, I, I, I read a book <laughs> all about acid uh, in uh-huh. my when I was around 19, uh, and I did a lot of research before I ever did any. And before I ever did any, I even tried alternatives like morning glory seeds. But unfortunately, I bought morning glory seeds from uh, from a, um, uh, a gardening center. And I learned that they have a coating around them um, to protect them against insects and can make you sick. But I crushed them, and I got a little high. But I started, like, a little bit like I used to do on with roller coasters. I would start at Disneyland, 
uh, and and um, worked my way up to Magic Mountain, um, and uh, and and it was like that with drugs, um, where uh, I would start with little stuff, but then I I got like uh, really into like acid back in the day you, and stuff. Do you remember uh, and, the best? The I best remember brand of orange uh, juice. Oh yeah, the best yeah. Brand of orange juice. Um, what was it? Come on, come my, on. I know you know it. No, yeah, Donald Duck. Some of, some of my closest friends uh, and I tripped out on acid at a motel room, and we uh, we had orange juice in like some kind of a ritualistic uh, uh, copper cup, like the cup of Christ, you know. And we would drink <laughs> the orange salad. juice from that, yeah. and, uh, and and yeah. Yeah, I remember we always used back, to say and, Donald, and me and Donald Kyle Duck used to, but we walked the streets one day of San Francisco um, on shrooms, and ended up oh, uh, in uh, getting our fortunes told, eating the band Alien Sex Fiend. <laughs> I've known Nick for a long fucking time. I, me and Nick have been through some shit way back in the day, and ah. some of those, some of those memories are just the best. Oh, yeah, you know, one thing that's funny, uh, but r- keeping it really short, um, is um, Oliver Stone's The Doors movie. When I first saw yeah. it in the theaters, that really resonated with me. And I wanted mm-hmm. to be like that. I, if For a short while, I wanted to live that lifestyle. It's debated whether or not all of it is true. And, you know, and I, I know of the whole history of The Doors movie and the doors themselves and everything, but the and the Jim Morrison thing, but the the movie itself, that kind of lifestyle, I wanted to kind of, for a while there, I wanted to just like you know, uh, hang out of a balcony and shout to the world while on acid, saying I'm, I'm you know whoever I am, and and, um, and so I got a chance. I actually was like that for a while in like late 80s. Especially mm-hmm. like early '90s, like '92, three, four, and stuff, when I was really into like drugs, and that's all I did, and right. I, I and literally might say a cuss word tonight, and she's like, "Okay, but you know, I cuss all the time." And okay, this is when things go wrong. <laughs> hey, Nick, while you can read the doors. Huh? Nick, well, you can relate Oop. to the doors. I can relate to Animal House. I was more like Belushi's character at Animal House. You know, oh, there you I, go. Was, oh, okay. I, was, I, was, I was wild. I was like, you know. That's pretty mm-hmm. much the same kind of mentality. Mm-hmm. I, oh, yeah. It, it, we would, uh, I know on New Year's Eve, we went down the road. Uh, this road's called M59. It's oh, a very busy four-lane, five-lane highway. And and I, I was I was mooning people at New Year's Eve at midnight going down we going on the road, and, and we mooned a cop and everybody goes Tom you mooned a cop we turned and looked around and they were laughing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that one. So you know wow. it, was, it was. So, you know I was like you know we'd go out I'd get a case of beer for me and three of my friends would share a case of beer you know I was like I was that was a party animal back then. Wow, you know, I, I think we all were in, in various ways, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. I mean, we were living there, dude. 
the seventies and the eighties were the greatest times to to be a kid and a teenager. And then you get into yep. the 90s, and that's where we all just kind of lost our way for a while. <laughs> I think all well, of us did. That's because the generation we raised. I have a theory yeah. on that. We raised a generation where the wussies took over, and now they run everything. So, you know, yep. you, you yep. can't do exactly. this, or you're in trouble, or you do that, or, you know, it's like it's all run by the, the ugly chick that didn't get asked to dance, or the other kid that couldn't play dodgeball to save his life. They're all running the things, you know. <laughs> Yeah, you 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 just said yeah. some hard words. You hurt my feelings. I am so traumatized. I have to go I'm to triggered. a safe I'm room. <laughs> okay, Snowflake. I'm so triggered. <laughs> Help me. <laughs> my feelings. Hey, uh, Brad. My feelings. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Brad, I yeah. I might have some video footage of back in like probably '89. Um, that I, I'll probably compile, put together on video when I was living in the back of the Simpsons house and it's you, me and Kyle, um, maybe Danny Chacone and stuff. And, uh, we oh, were like uh, tripping Chacon. out on Holy something. Crap. We were just like, it was like New Year's Eve or something. Yeah. I, I, I remember was, that. Danny Chacone, dude, you still talk to that guy? No, I, I, not in a long time. Not in, uh, I haven't talked to him since he was mad at me um, in our <laughs> uh, last acid trip back in the day in the motel yeah. when I went off yeah. looking for Mary Beth, which was my girlfriend <laughs> at the time. I wanted to be with her. Mary Beth. And, yeah, and, uh, <laughs> yeah I, I went on this, this journey uh, throughout Anaheim, um, and I went to my oh motel my that I worked at, and I got them to take me in their van to go see Mary Beth, and then I spent the night, the rest of the night with her in another motel. <laughs> I, I bought you two motels that night. Uh, it's a long story, but yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that that motel um, is still I, I, there. I will it's tell still you, there. Brett, the first time that you and I ever really talked on the phone you did tell me how much respect that you have for Nick for the fact that you you met him in the driveway and Nick's like hey I'm Nicholas Grabowski I gotta go because I gotta get these uh, books to the bookstore it was was Prey Serpent's Prey and he had like uh, just a armful uh, of these that he was going to put up on display at our local bookstore there, which, I mean, he did all his own marketing and everything. That was the first day I met him. I was actually going there to meet up with Pat. And, that was uh, like yeah, in 89. Some, that was way yeah, back was, in the day. Yeah. I've been doing this. Hey, guys, got to realize, and everybody listening, I've been doing this for ages. Oh, yeah, I, a long time. It seems like ages. Though. It's been like 30 I, I, years. Yeah. Over 30 like, years. Yeah, uh, with the um, getting books out and trying to promote them and everything, the whole night. Oh, yeah. Yards. I still yeah. have my original signed copy. It's actually the copy that you signed to my twin sister, Tammy. I have that copy on my bookshelf of Prey Serpent Spray. It's the first edition uh, signed and autographed by you, my friend, and that's one of my treasures. Yeah, I'll, I'll say really, as a writer... Uh, one of the best experiences I've ever had was to go into a supermarket and see two of my books 
next to yeah. Stephen King, Dean Arcoons, all the others in the paperback racks next to the next to the uh, the checkout counters, and, and, yeah, and uh, you know, Halloween Four and Prairie Serpents Prey, and and stuff. Know, uh, uh, I, I've never had that since. Never known that Dean since, Arcoons but I've also... known I've known the feeling in other ways, mm-hmm. but I, yeah. you know. Ah, you know, man, that was Dean an is also an orange guy. Yeah, Dean, Dean, Dean still, I mean, lives in Laguna. No, you, oh. just, just the fact oh, that he had it. Dean Koontz, he lives in Laguna Niguel. Oh, yeah, he used to live in Newport Beach when I, I we used to ride back and forth. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he used to give me advice. Um, I have one of his letters... Um, on my wall um, in a frame. Um, but, yeah, and I used to, back when I lived down there, uh, I used to go to signings all the time. Used to see Clive Barker all the time and Dean Arcoons and, you know, and then people like Stephen King, the Rock Bottom Remainders, his band, yeah. all the conventions. Yeah, that was like you the know- pinnacle I'm kind of glad that I'm up here because it's so much more quiet. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm hey, sorry. I, no, I, 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 I definitely want to play this tonight uh, because it was my favorite saying with Tom Sawyer. Tom. There we go. You and Sal Lizard. You and Sal Lizard. We were talking about Ron Jeremy, and I hate to say it, I didn't get the sword fight. Uh, <laughs> you know, I'm oh, glad yeah, you didn't. Oh, yeah, she was telling me I, about that this afternoon. Oh, look, I've got yeah. this, this clip, uh, and, and Tom was so funny with this sword fight, sword and I realized fight, it's And innocent. I got it later, and I'm like, <laughs> wow, that was hilarious. And uh, I thought that was great with you and Sal Lizard, and I'm glad you didn't get in. And I, I, I downloaded the clip, and I kind of like looked at Sal Lizard and watched me doing a sword fight. Do you remember that, Tom? God, vaguely. I, I remember a little bit of it, but... Oh, well, you're going to remember it a lot more now. Oh, get ready for a I didn't get it at, when you said it. And when I it's remembered it after the show, I was like, oh, my gosh, that was hilarious. Well, I'm good for one every so, now and then. <laughs> here we go. Yeah. I challenged him, though. I walked up to him at a convention in St. Louis, and I said, all right, Jeremy. I said, it's time to get real here. I said, I think my sexual organ is bigger than yours. And he goes, really? He goes, because, you know, I'll just throw mine on the table right here. I don't care. And I said, really? And he goes, I said, I don't think I can get mine to, uh, out of my head. And he goes, what? And I said, you know, my brain is my sexual, biggest sexual organ. And he goes, oh, you probably had me there. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, because he didn't try to sword fight with him. 
Oh, that would have been an interesting fight. That would have been an interesting fight. Let me ask you, Dave. Tell us about As Dead As It Gets. Tell us what, what is this concept about. Uh, well, I, I don't know what you're talking about, but, but I'm going to talk about my film, As Good As Dead. Um, as Good As Dead. Okay. Uh, <laughs> well, you got to get that title right. Um, I'm even in, even in the, our tagline, our tagline is you're either the good, the dead, or as good as dead. Right. <laughs> I've said it right okay. like a hundred times, so I mean, it's not a big deal at all, so you know what I mean? Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I remember the one that, now. That was brilliant. I, I kind of <laughs> had Sal Lizard and uh, Ron Jeremy doing it. And I got it later after the show. I was like, oh, <laughs> I did it. And Sal got it. I forgot about that, actually. I, I, when you played it back, I remembered it. But, like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, you, you got your moments. And, uh, Edward? Yes, I'm here, believe it or not. You are Good here. This is, this is Edward X. Young. Look, I'm very sorry. It's been a very rough day, and a lot of people have been calling me, and, and I kind of dozed off. I forgot to call in until now. Then I woke up and realized, oh, no, i got to call Francie's show. I don't know what I've missed, but I'll listen to this in archive. Yeah. Our condolences, Were you all talking about the late John Link? We we even we did a nice tribute form at the beginning. That. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's well, I I wanted to be part of it. It's been a rough day for me, but I wanted I wanted to be part of it and call in. Here I am. Uh, I don't want to repeat anything, but I'll answer any questions anybody has. How are you uh, old now, buddy? Here's here's what you and I we talked about this before the show. I would like. For you and I to set up a uh, a John Link Facebook. Yes, let us discuss this tomorrow. It's just that I mean, right now. I mean, it's been uh, it's been this is one of the worst days of my life, to be honest. I mean, John Link was my best friend, and we've acted in like well over thirty movies, and I've. I first met him probably in 1994, and we, we've been friends since '99. So it's a, we've been very close friends for the past 22 years, and uh, and now he's not here anymore. I mean, uh, yeah, you know, not, well, not only were we great friends, I mean, but we and, and did we act in these movies? But you have to understand, people who I mean, and hi, I'm Edward X Young to identify myself. Uh, I'm an actor and filmmaker. Uh, but uh, but but John and I had uh, a comedy team going. We were a comedy duo, you know. Uh, one one film critic, I forget who it was, once referred to us as the Allen and Rossi of uh, Grindhouse horror films. Uh, naturally, with John being in the role of like Marty Allen and me being the the more debonair Steve Rossi. But I mean, what is? But I'm the straight man. I mean, when you have a comedy team, I mean, John was really the star. I mean, what does a straight man do when he loses the main part of the act? I mean, you know, what 
what happened to Abbott after Costello was gone? You know, yeah. nothing really. Uh, That's the one that came like, to mind, actually. Yeah, I mean um, Abbott. Abbott. I mean, sadly, Abbott's career was done, and uh, and uh, I, I mean, I can, you know, and then we were almost a trio because you all might know who Jeremy Woodworth is, I believe, right? Um, oh yeah. yeah. Yep. I mean, I, just to, just to get, make it clear to the audience that visually, I mean, I stand six foot two. And rather her suit, I got a beard and you know, gray hair, but I mean, well, I've gone gray over the years, but I mean, John, John was only four foot, 10 inches tall. And so I was, I was like the, the tall, the tall straight man and, and the diminutive clown. And then we recently, we were joined by Jeremy Woodworth. Who started, we, we did a number of movies together, including the killer clown meets the candy man and attack of the killer chickens. Uh, we were then known as a trio. It was like a, it was like the Three Stooges of horror. And now, now I, I know how uh, Jeremy and I know how Mo and Larry must have felt when uh, when Curly died. So it is rough. It's like I, uh, a lot of a lot of the joy and fun has just disappeared from my life just now. How you holding yeah. up, buddy? Uh, well, girl, okay? I'm, at the, I'm at the point of exhaustion right now. I mean, this has been like an awful month. I mean, uh, work is getting tougher. I had I had a tooth pulled a few weeks ago. Almost cut my finger off in an accident. I can still hardly use that my finger on my right hand. And now, now John Link passes on, and uh, you know it was it was tough being there. Very strange. I mean, he died on his. 75th birthday. The cyclical wow. yeah. of things. Oh, no, I mean, not just his birthday, but a monumental we... birthday. Yeah. Yeah, last night we were uh, we were doing a uh, test show to see how everything was going, and we were talking about John Link on the test show, and when I got off the test show, I actually did call the university uh, hospital last night, and uh, I got to talk to John Link's nurse, and he was in a very critical condition. So I told her, please, please tell John Link that we love him. And Nick and I love him, and she said, I guarantee you I will tell John Link that Nick and Francie loves him. And I'm sure they I'm sure they told him that, too. It was, it was so – I mean, he, the sad fact is he's been, in, he's been in critical condition since he was admitted to the hospital, which would have been for, for pretty much uh, – no, not pretty much. I mean uh, – what what I mean four weeks ago, four weeks ago this morning he was admitted to the hospital in very critical condition and and only briefly did uh his his life was only in, always in danger only uh, one point at one point two weeks ago he appeared that he may have been rallying things might have been in an upswing but he just couldn't get the better of all of the health issues he had I I've got to uh. I got to really acknowledge Jay Stoddard, who's a regular member of our crew. I mean, she's a makeup artist and actress, and uh, and she was with me last night. And uh, it would have been really hard to get through that that yesterday evening without her helping me out. And we uh, 
And I hate to say it, John was, I mean, John's brother, Fred, was there, who's a total idiot. And that's going to be a discussion for another show, but it's, it's, Fred's, it's Fred's fault that John was like this. But, but Fred was clinging. I mean, you know, I would have done anything to save John and keep him alive. And I've been going back to the hospital. I think this was my 11th or 12th day I'd been there in the past month. But, but I had to acknowledge when I saw him yesterday. I mean, I, I had to agree with the doctors that you know, this, 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 it's, it's time to, like, let him go. There's no way back. Yeah. Uh, he, he seemed to have some modicum of consciousness left. If I would shout his name and call him, he'd barely open his eyes and sort of look. So we uh, we played him a lot of music. It's it's hard for, uh, like I said, I, I mentioned it the last time we did a show. It, people, A lot of people didn't know the true John Link. Even I didn't in many ways. But his favorite musician, which I discovered only recently, was Petulia Clark, who, the British singer, who's still alive. I think she's 89 years old. I sure to contact her, but... Her most famous song was the song Downtown from 1965. Yeah. A song yep. about the lower, lower parts of Manhattan. Yeah. Well, John yeah. told me that was the song that, that's right. You, you could probably sing that, but that was the song that inspired John to like run away from home and uh, make it to New York where the excitement was down in the village and kind of led to his show business career. So that was a very inspirational song for him. So we, we were playing him a whole bunch of Petulia Clark songs. And, uh, and and we were urging him to free himself from this terrible world and the terrible shape he was in. And it finally took him a while, I, but I guess he finally listened to us. I will tell you, uh, my last conversation that I had with John over the phone, it was a couple of days before um, he ended up in the hospital. Uh, John Link called me and he said, "Please, Francie, please tell me you quit drinking." He was very concerned about that. Yeah, you were even telling me that he couldn't contact me, and he was more worried about me than he was about himself. And well, what's, what's very ironic is that some someday I'll play it for you because I don't intend to ever erase it from my phone. But uh, but I still have on my phone four messages from him, and two of them are from the day before he ended up in the hospital in a coma when things were getting really bad. And, and he did indicate in this phone call that 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 he was in, in trouble, that 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 his brother Fred was going too far and was destroying everything, and. Uh, 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 but but the, the very the very last part. I mean, he was he was admitting he was in trouble and he wasn't feeling well and he was being neglected, and and and, his, and really he's a he's a victim of neglect. But uh, but the last comments he was making, he was desperately eager to renew his uh, blog talk radio show hosted by you. The, the very last stuff he was talking about on his final phone message was, you know. A, you know, have you been talking to Francie? Because I want her to help me get my show back together again on Blog Talk Radio. And we did. We we did do a couple of those. Yep. Well, don't, well, don't, well, don't forget. It's very sad, but I still have a message from this summer when we had that one episode planned that he never showed up for. And, oh, I and, and the re- that. But I still have it. He's explaining to me he was really sorry 
but that you know uh, Fred Fred had left him at home with no food, no water, in his wheelchair, and he his right side. I mean, he was able to speak okay, just as fine, but the, the, he had suffered a stroke, which left his right side paralyzed, and he really should have been in a nursing home or rehabilitation facility because he was paralyzed the whole right side of his body. And Fred took off for several days, left him with no food or water, just sitting in the chair. And uh, he said that before he, before he was going to do our show, he wanted to get up to even try to just get a glass of tap water because his mouth was so dry. And while trying to walk across the kitchen floor, he slipped and fell onto his back. And he, and he told me he was lying on his back like a turtle unable to move and the phone fell out of his hands and I said and he said I couldn't get up until Fred got home and I said and when was that he said two days later oh wow. man so, so he was lying on the floor for two days and, and I was urging him I remember after that conversation I called him back I was urging him to get a life alert I said, or, or I said, you said you've got to get out of this house. I mean, uh, I mean, I know we try to be funny on these programs, but the fact is, uh, if you want to know what what the John Link story was at the end of his life with his brother Fred after he had a stroke, it was it was just picture Bob Aldrich's movie, famous movie, Whatever Happened to Baby Jane, with uh, John in the role of Joan Crawford and, and Fred Link as Betty Davis. It was it was that bad, wow. and uh, I hope there's some justice coming down, because right now Fred is is hemming and hawing about having a funeral for John because it'll cost money. Fred has money. Fred has money, and and he right. he's like what, concerned what about spending any of it. We want to do is we want to. I I think it would be best if you and I took control. No, you take control. And I think if we do, man, this sucks. <laughs> yeah, I, I would like for us to take control over John. And I think that if we did that, well, I, I think I'm going to look. I'm not saying I'm going to look at that tomorrow for sure because this is outrageous. I mean, I, just so people understand, John died in Newark, New Jersey, uh, outside of New York City, Newark, New Jersey, and and uh, on the other side of the river from New York City. But uh, I live, I live in Point Pleasant on the South Jersey Shore. I'm about 80 miles away from the hospital where John is. But Fred also lives, Fred, John's brother, well, they were living together in Newark. Fred Fred is in the same city, and and we were together yesterday at the hospital. And uh, when John died, I thought that Fred was going to come back and, 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 like, start taking care of things. Uh, Fred has not even returned to the hospital. I called the hospital, and they said, we well, we understand that, you know, his next of kin is his brother, and and we've tried to reach him. He's not even returning our phone calls. Is he coming back to the hospital? Somebody has to sign paperwork. And, and I and I called Fred. And 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 what was he doing? He was uh, first. He told me he couldn't go because he had to go to church. I said, you know, your brother your brother died. Are you listening to me? 
And then, yeah. and then he said that, you know, uh, he, he really had to go and, and do work uh, collecting his scrap. He makes a living by collecting scrap metal, scrapping. He said, I need to get back to my scrapping. I can take care of this baby tomorrow. And I'm like, no, you can't. Uh, the thing is, we I actually talked to Fred about two hours ago. It kind of left me exhausted. That's why I forgot to call in. He still hasn't even gone to the hospital. Just, just, just to sign and acknowledge, the, do the paperwork. It, it, John, John's dead in the hospital right now, and 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 his own brother hasn't swung by to do anything about it. So we, yeah, we're we, gonna have to take charge of this well, tomorrow. Well, we, we cannot. Oh, John's not gonna be thrown away in the hospital. He's not gonna be thrown away. They're they're probably burn his body and. I, I'm thinking, Ed, take control. Let's raise money. Let's get him cremated, and let's let you take control of his ashes. I would like to poetically scatter his ashes with with friends at some time uh, next year. I'd, I'd like to have him cremated and stay for a bright evening and. Uh, do do a poetic disbursement. Probably it'll probably end up like the final scene of the Big Lebowski with my luck. <laughs> <laughs> and and they say I look like Jeff Bridges. I'm, I'm, believe it or not, if I go to Lincoln Center where they're having the New York Film Festival, or if I'm in L.A., people will stop me and they'll think that I'm Jeff Bridges. So I'll, I'll end up with, with with the same fate as Jeff Bridges trying to disperse the ashes of Steve Buscemi's character in The Big Lebowski. I know it'll happen to me. I'll be all hey, Ed, I'm scattering John's The thing is, um, for the past, like, oh, I don't know, five years, I've been called the dude whenever I wear my uh, bathrobe. It's a uh, gray <laughs> and black striped bathrobe. And I'm wearing it right now. And Francie today called me the dude again. Well, but the neighbors, the neighbors the call me the dude. You and I hey, at least they don't call you Uncle Eddie. Well, you can form a, yeah, you can form a comedy Eddie. team. Because uh, I mean, that, at work, my nickname is the the dude. We we could be the two dudes. Yeah, there we could go. be. Dude. There's there's more than two of us in the world. That's for sure. <laughs> plan. I mean, I'm, I'm quite emotional and exhausted right now, and it's hard for me, for me to talk about a lot of this without crying. It's really hard for me to hold back, but we, yeah, have to plan another, we have to plan another tribute show with some great clips. Of some, which, play more clips of some of the moments you still have of John Link. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm emotionally have plenty over the years. Yeah. It's been like uh, 12 years, so I'm sure uh, Francie can come up with all kinds of. Oh yeah, there's a uh, there's a lot of material. There's a lot of material out there for sure. I mean, I remember that red snapper for a while. That red snapper moment is priceless, you know. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure John went to his grave. I'm sure he went to his grave. Still thinking uh, a red snapper is a plant. (laughs) I I, I did message Giovanni and I said, you know, uh, Edward still thinks it's a plant (laughs) because of you, because you're educated. 
You know what it was? You know what was a very strange thing about John? One could say it was a disorder, but you could say it was just like a pure innocence. He was he was incapable of guile or lying. I mean, he 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 was often horribly blunt with people, or he should have been politely, you know, like you know, he would just tell you to your face, like they say, "How how am I doing? Do I look good?" Well, I don't know. You look kind of fat. <laughs> I mean, he, uh, he he didn't know how to pull punches or or lie or, or be deceptive, and so. When, when you joked with him and told him that the red snapper was a plant, I mean, he just assumed, oh, it is. I didn't know that. Oh, <laughs> he, he thought it was too cold. Yeah, I, man, I, I always said, and when I was talking to Nick, and I compared Nick to uh, John Link when him and I were talking online, before we met face to face, I was like, "Oh my gosh, you got a child like honesty, like John Link." That's the best <laughs> way that I can explain John Link is he had the best childlike. Ah man, this is hurting. <laughs> Yeah, and and it kind of hit me when she told me to. I mean, I tell you, he it is funny because he he, when he asked the red snapper is a fish or a turtle, and you told him it was a plant. He actually <laughs> thought, wow, it, it, it really it's like some kind of like big Venus flytrap that lives on the ocean floor. And like eats people. I mean, he, he believed it, but then you know he he also believed in space aliens and Bigfoot. But but sadly, but on the sad part of that is is that uh, I mean, like John John's father died when he was quite young, and his mother was very miserly. And and uh, I I, mean, I learned that there were some family businesses that went under. Thanks thanks to Fred. Fred ruined everything for fifty years. I mean, but. But but sadly, John had money in the bank at one time. Believe it or not, he had he had a tidy sum in the bank, enough to like he could have just like retired on it. But because he was very trusting, he was utterly swindled by con artists. That that's just that place, and and they just sucked him dry. I mean, somebody would approach him with a get rich quick scheme, and, and he would believe them and like invest in it. And, They'd take the money and they'd run. I, and it would have I, I think that does go back to the uh, the honesty with John Link. He he has a childlike honesty, and he's like, "You're not going to screw me." He uh, he trusted that that character that used to be on Blog Talk Radio. His name we won't mention, and uh, and uh, the guy who's now in prison. We'll probably die there because he was involved in Oh, in- John Litwin. Let's go ahead and Just say John, the name. John, John Litwin. Yeah, John Litwin, who, uh, that's when, when I when I first became friends with John Link, one of the things that horrified me, I realized this this disgusting character, John Litwin, was pretending to be John Link's friend. And he was bragging. He was bragging that he'd get high at conventions. He was bragging how much money he was just stealing from John Link. Like I, I, I got the moron oh, to give. Me, wow, I, that's, I, 
that I got that moron to just give me seven thousand dollars. I told him I needed it, and, and I'd pay him back. Yeah, I mean, John Litwin totally robbed, exploited, and ripped off John Link. And then when I stepped oh. in, and that's when Litwin actually threatened to have me killed. That he actually threatened to have me murdered, what? and then he ended up in prison. Oh yeah. He, he said, he said that you go to those conventions, uh, one of the last conversations we had, he said, you go to those conventions and you're very recognizable. One of these days you might be going out to the parking lot to go back to your car and just maybe you'll meet up with my friend and my friend's a 12-gauge shotgun and your brains are going to be splattered on the sidewalk. That's what he told me. But but he's in prison now and he's going to die there. He got like a 20-year sentence and he's in rotten yes, health too. Yes. He's gone. I remember John Link, and he called me, and he goes, hey, guess what? John Litwin's in prison. John Litwin used to, beat the, used to beat the rap because his father was a police captain. So when he was arrested in New yeah. Jersey for, when he was arrested for, like, committing, like, municipal crimes or crimes just, which the New Jer- which police in New Jersey would deal with. He'd always get a break, but he but he made the mistake of violating federal laws, and and he couldn't fuck with the FBI. Nope. And he couldn't wow. do that. Well. Uh, for what? all of you who is tuning in, uh, William, Tom, and uh, Brett and Nick, uh, John Litwin was actually my first host on the show, and I thought he was kind of crazy. Because he was seriously racist, I said, wow. uh, maybe go do your own show. But <laughs> the thing is, is that he introduced us to uh, John Link, and he John Litwin wanted uh, m- me and the Possum Hour to make fun of John Link. But I couldn't do it because I talked to John Link during before the show, and I said, and I told the Possum Hour, I told everybody, I was like, nope, love this guy, gonna do the show. And then I met Edward. <laughs> so yeah, wow, John, wow. Yeah. And I, I, I dropped John Litwin <laughs> before because I said, this guy's crazy. <laughs> well, there were, sadly, there were too many John Litwins in John Link's life because at first he was telling me about this great friend of his, John Litwin, who called himself Little Johnny. A little Johnny was helping him with a radio show. Oh, little, Johnny. little Johnny, yeah. That was another Facebook page. <laughs> Little Johnny had business opportunities for him. And then well, Susie Palermo, my late we, we've guy. And Susie also just totally loved John Link. Uh, you know, they're both gone now. But but we both realized this, this, lit, this little Johnny character is completely raping John Link, and he doesn't even realize it. And so we got him out of that situation. I'm proud of that. But there were, there were others. The thing is, Every time I'd turn my back, I'd come back and discover there was somebody else ripping him off. And the, the most notorious, the, the worst of all, I'm not going to mention his last name, but the guy's first name is Victor. And Victor's the guy who convinced John, I'll be your business manager. 
And uh, let me manage your business accounts for you. And he got his hands on his bank account information and just took it all and then ran. We don't even know where the guy is today. But he emptied John's bank account. And there was a, there was a fortune in there. I mean, a, a lot of people thought he was just like a poor little gnome of the street. No, he... He had his, he had a life savings that got, but got taken away, and it's just it's just very sad. Yeah, but you were always good to him, and he lived for the things like your show. I mean, uh, it was like I said, his last conversation. He was so excited about bringing a rebirth to the John Link show. If only, and that's sad. I I, I urged him. Check into a nursing home, man. You know, I can't take care of you, but you're paralyzed in your right side. But you can still speak. And he's right-handed, too. So I said, not only are you paralyzed on one side of your body, it's the right side of your body. I mean, he was he was scared about being shuffled away like, you know, some forgotten senior citizen in a nursing home. I said, look, you know. Never, 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 never. I told him when Larry Fine of the Three Stooges got paralyzed on his right side and was in a nursing home, he had lots of fans visiting, including most famously uh, uh, the Asherton brothers uh, of, you know, know, Iggy and the Stooges, the Iggy pop band. I mean, the the Asherton brothers visited Larry all the time. He had a blast. He, he He was thrilled that he inspired a rock and roll band. And I told John, I said, you know, if you're in a nursing home, so what? I mean, friends will visit you. And I said, you could still do the, the, the Francie show, the Francie and Friends, and have your radio show. You could still speak. And I said, you know, you're not, he, his brother convinced, his brother wanted his social security checks. His brother convinced him you'll be, it'll be like you're in a prison and you'll never get out. I said, that's bullshit. You could, you can, if somebody's in a nursing home, they could... If, if friends could get them a pass to go out for a couple of days, we can get you to the conventions and wheel you in and wheel you out. Study. Uh, and, and, you know, not only did his brother kill him, uh, COVID killed him. And then I'm not talking about COVID because it is ironic. When I first saw him in the hospital four weeks ago, I, and I saw how horrible a state he was in, I asked the doctors, what's wrong with him? And they go, well, a lot. I said, does he have COVID? Because I knew he had double pneumonia. And they said, no, actually, he, he pretty much, this guy does not have COVID. We tested him. But pretty much everything else you could imagine could be wrong with your body, he's got it. And, uh, like I said, it's, just, it's terrible. I mean, he, uh, when they said he was a victim of neglect. He, 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 he like, looked like Howard Hughes when they brought him into the hospital. That's how bad it was. And, and I'm glad that University Hospital in Newark, they they gave him the dignity of cleaning him up. I mean, he looked quite respectable at the end, although very sick. But it's, uh, it's, it's hard to be, it's hard to keep the show upbeat. It's getting so dark, me telling the truth. But the fact is the end was very awful. Although I think well, Jay Sod, I helped him, helped him make a peaceful exit yesterday. I mean, um, well, definitely. I, 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 one, one thing I, I think uh, for sure is that, uh, without a doubt, he always had a very infectious laugh. So, well, he, he was. You'd think that he was putting on an act. No, he was like a real. I mean, 
he was like a, he was like a real life like you know mad scientist from some bizarre science fiction movie, you know. Oh yeah. <laughs> but uh, but I I, I learned, but you know, you, you know somebody for like twenty five years, and it's just like recently, or partially thanks to his brother Fred, you know, you know somebody, you, you just don't go delving into their background, unless like. Nick and Francie, you like to live together or you're married, but you don't have to delve into their background and ask a lot of questions. I've, I've recently learned things I never knew about John all the years I knew him. I never knew until just recently that that he was a junior, that he was actually a John Link Jr. I never knew his father's name was John. And and, and, wow. and he had a middle name, too. I mean, J- John Link's full name was John Richard Link Jr., believe it or not. And, and and if he called himself that, it would have just sounded too, I don't know, professional or sophisticated. It wouldn't have sounded as funny as John Link. But but our name was our friend's name was John Richard Link Jr. And, oh, wow. and, and he was a high school graduate. Some people thought he was dumb. He was quite smart. And then he went to trade school afterwards and was a, a, in his youth he. He graduated with honors. He was a trained, he was a well-trained printer. He, but he, he just hated working. He hated working within the system. He couldn't take it. He, he once worked as a, believe it or not, for at four foot ten. He once worked as a, a uniformed security guard. I can't even. It would have been like something out of a bizarre police academy movie. I never even it's, saw yeah. pictures. <laughs> He, he had he had the, the, the he was a rent a cop. He had the blue uniform and the cap. They wouldn't let him carry a gun because that would have been that would have been more irresponsible than giving Alec Baldwin a gun. <laughs> wow! But uh, he he worked for a while as a security guard until a uniformed security guard on a night shift. Until on too many occasions they caught him sleeping on the job and they ended up firing. <laughs> But wow. he, he and his brother also ran. A, I discovered they also ran a a bicycle sale and repair shop, a bicycle shop, for a number of years called the Palisades Park Bicycle Store in Palisades Park, New Jersey. And, and Fred ruined that too. Fred, Fred ruined it. Got, got their business closed down. John tried to keep it running. They also were landlords. They they owned a, an apartment building in Newark with with eight apartments in it and ran that for a while until Fred ruined that too, by trying to store scrap metal in the building and turning it into a fire hazard. And then it caught fire and burned down and they lost their apartment building income. But, but John actually had jobs and professions that he never talked about. He talked about the occult and the paranormal space aliens, big, Bigfoot, you know, living dinosaurs, I mean, the chupacabras, all the weird shit that he liked to discuss. But, uh, but you know, there there was another side to him that he didn't show unless you really dug deep. But, uh, wow. That, 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 that's what makes him more a legend now, you know. Yeah. I mean, you know, he... I hope people will watch his movies. He made... I mean, and even he couldn't keep count. We'd do interviews, and he'd say, oh, I've made 20 or 30 movies. And I said, John, you've made like 20 or 30 movies with me. I said, you've got like 100 films to your credit. And and you never can tell where, and you never can tell where you'll see him popping up. 
I remember, uh, I mean, we, I, I was living in, out in Long Island, New York, outside of New York City, out, out, right outside of Queens Valley Stream near Kennedy Airport. And, and, and Susie Palermo and I were invited to be guests at a... Uh, I remember Susie. Uh, yeah, that's right. Nick, Nick, Nick was with us out there in, in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania, which was about... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I remember that. That was that was a great time. I'll never forget that. And you were there, and I I actually met you in person. Francis yeah, never we, met you in person, but I, I have I, the privilege. But it was. But we drove two hundred. We drove well over two hundred miles to get there. And, and then uh, we uh, we decided we stayed till the convention was over. We did. We sang karaoke, of course. I, I regret that. Why? I wonder why we didn't bring John Link with us out to that one, but we should have. I think Susie, oh, yeah. Well, Susie and I wanted to be alone in the hotel room. <laughs> you know, but that would have been kind of awkward if Link were with us in Gettysburg. In retrospect, I wish he could have joined us. But, but what's amazing is that when the convention ended, and it was already nighttime on the third night of the convention in Gettysburg, what was it? It was called the Days of the Dead Convention, right? I think. Uh, yeah, no, it, it wasn't. It was. Uh, oh, what was it? It wasn't Days of the Dead. Um, it was. Uh, uh, oh, horrifying! 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 That's right. But when it was over, we we decided. Well, let's try to make. We were like switching wheels, switching drivers, and the other one would sleep. We we thought, well, we got to make. Look, we don't want to stay in their hotel. We've been spending a lot in hotels. Let's. Let's try to make it back to Long Island in one drive, and it was a long drive. And even the two of us were so exhausted, we had to even pull over at one rest stop. We both took a nap, but but we we got back to Long Island alive. We survived without being in a car accident. But we pulled in at about three o'clock in the morning, and and we and every rest stop we'd get out, we'd be banging down espresso or coffee. So by the time we got back to Long Island, New York, to Valley Stream, we, it was like we were on jet fuel. We were just so wired. And I was like, I can't sleep now. We were like, like rattling with all the caffeine. And so Susie said, we got, in, we, we got into bed, we, and we said, she said, look, I'll, I'll turn on the TV. And she, she had even then a big flat screen TV in the bedroom, uh, huge, like uh, one of those like four-foot screens. And she said, let's just watch a little TV, relax, we'll chill out, we'll get to sleep. And we turned on the TV at 3 a.m. and I think it was like set for a Cinemax channel, and and boom, I mean the, the four feet across, we're, we're lying in bed together, and there's a when the when the TV like warmed up and turned on, there's a super close up of John Link's face with those Manson eyes of his, and I, I swear I thought that somebody put acid in my coffee because I'm like what the fuck, and it was John Link on TV, he was he was. In, he was starring in uh, the movie. The title was the The Lord of the G Strings, which was a a, a soft or yep. porno spoof of the, of the Lord of the Rings series. Yeah, yes, that's right. But, but John Lake played the Gollum character called Gollum. Gollum. After the Precious is the precious G string. <laughs> like, 
There, there was a good movie. Well, good. Uh, I don't know, but entertaining movie with uh, John Link as like a gorilla king person, and he actually sings in it. Francie showed it to me earlier this afternoon. I think it's on YouTube. It but was, uh, he's a, trying to get the gorillas and the people together, and uh, he's got John Link's, you know, his head. He's not in a gorilla mask or anything, but the rest of his body is in a gorilla costume, and he's singing to everybody about emancipation and getting together. And there's like some goofy person behind him with a couple of, I don't know, symbols. That and uh, and it's actually set to music, even though he can't sing. Wait, is this it, uh, Nick? Yeah. This oh, this is, is it. Oh, you've got it. That's it. Hey, okay, he's gonna sing it. Cinemax or or the movie channel in the late night shift. Another lost for porno movie spoof. <laughs> That's a, yeah, like, we used to back in the seventies. We used to call it Skinemax. Yes, yeah. remember that? Yeah, but Skinemax that, 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 and HBO. Which HBO we called it. Hey, Beastmasters on. Stop <laughs> <laughs> the plot. I mean, it was like Planet of the Apes, where the humans of the apes are at war, and these uh, yeah. les- lesbian astronauts from the past arrive and shake things up. And John Link plays a human-ape hybrid. He's got a human head and an ape body, and, and he's able to unite the-, the two warring factions and and bring peace to the planet. And then and then the-, the lesbians from the past, the astronauts, could live in peace on this 
Planet of Apes and Humans. It's a classic. <laughs> but 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 speaking of these classic movies, Nick, you're you're a writer. John just died yesterday, and I'm still trying to get my head together. But I think he needs to have some bona fide. I mean, he was a bona fide movie star and a radio personality. Uh, he needs to have an official obituary. I mean, any idea how we can get? I mean, he ought to be on TMZ. I mean, his obituary ought to be on TMZ. I don't know how to proceed with that, but uh, I don't know how we can give them like recognition in the press that uh, a major cult actor has died. Yeah, well, I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. It, it's worth a shot. If ideas occur to you, call me tomorrow. There is something I want to play for Tom Sawyer tonight. Uh, speaking of uh, pornographic things, and I gotta say that Tom Sawyer gave the clip of the year on Frenzy and Friends. I did. I, really? You did. Apparently, can you I did. Play, can I play this clip real, real quick? Well, we're waiting. Tom Sawyer, I didn't get it when you said it, but after it was done, after I listened to it, I was like, oh my gosh, that was hilarious. It was you and Sal Lizard. Hey, I hope Sal's okay. Oh yeah. Sal, oh, yeah. Sal oh, yeah. And then I got I gotta tell you afterwards, um I totally screwed up afterwards. But Tom, this is you and Sal Lizard. Before you play it, does your I audience understand? I walked up to him at a convention in St. Louis and I said, All right, Jeremy. I said, it's time to get real here. I said, I think my sexual organ is bigger than yours. And he goes, really? He goes, because, you know, I'll just throw mine on the table right here. I don't care. And I said, really? And he kind of said, I don't think I get mine to, uh, out of my head. And he goes, what? And I said, you know, my brain is my sexual, biggest sexual organ. And he goes, oh, you probably have me there. Fancy, you played that already. <laughs> Wait, you can. Um, let me ask you, Dave. Tell us about as dead as he gets. Tell us what, what is the concept about. <laughs> the, uh, well, I, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> but but uh, I'm talking about my film, uh, As Good as Dead. Um, as good as uh, <laughs> well, hey, well, we even in the, even in the, our tagline, our tagline is you're either the good, the dead, or as good as dead. Right. <laughs> I've said it right okay. like a hundred times, so I mean, it's not a big deal at all. So you know what I mean. Your, your audience doesn't realize who Sal Lizard is. He's famous as the vampire Santa Claus. Yeah, yeah indeed. Indeed. 
Santa Claus owns the suit, but he'll wear like uh, like totally red contact lenses or sclera, sclera the, the black sclera covering the full eye and, and some really sharp vampire fangs, which look really cool. And he's dressed as Santa. He's great. Yeah, classic Santa all the way um, as a vampire. He did some movies as Vampire Santa, too. Yeah, I understand he did. Yeah, I've I've met him a few times myself. Uh, one time, actually dressed up as as the Vampire Santa. That was really cool. That was like in the early two thousands. And in fact, John no, I, Link again, John Link being naive and trusting, was convinced that Sal really was the real Santa Claus, and that Santa Claus was a vampire. <laughs> Santa Claus is a vampire. <laughs> of course. Uh, that would be cool I mean, if he was. That would give him Krampus. more of a motive to, like, go around the world and, uh, you know, give presents every once in a while, you know, gather some blood. Well, that was Krampus's job. Krampus. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I got to give kudos to you, Tom, though. I didn't realize what the sword fight was until after I listened to the show again, and I fell out laughing, and I told Nick today, I was like, I got to get Tom Sawyer talking about uh, sword fighting. She just loves that subject. Yeah. Reminds yeah, me of that movie directed by uh, directed by um, Oh Blake Edwards uh, that had um, um, Oh what's his name the guy from uh, Bride of Chucky and Three's Company. Um, uh, he was in that. He starred in that, didn't he? I think. What? Brian Ritter. Private Eyes. I no, think it, been I, it was in the mid '80s, I think, and they had a, they had like a it lightsaber duel, but it was like a penis thing. In, with John Ritter and Skin Deep. Skin Deep. That's it. Yep. Yes. That. Yeah, yeah. Skin Deep. They, the they made a big. Uh, there was a big with scene the, about that. Yeah. With the glow in the dark. Reminds me right? of that. Yep. I mean, it doesn't make sense to yeah. go in the dark because where you going to put them, they ain't going to be able to see anyways. Well, no, you get <laughs> the strobe lights in effect. Yeah. <laughs> and Nick's a little overprotective of me. Listen to yeah. what this uh, you're is with have a, Patrick. You're going to with her. But you know that oh, yeah. because you already met her. So that's, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I also put her on the spot when I did the live shows at the conventions. I was like, Jim Lamb, you're live on the air. Mm-hmm. Oh, hi. <laughs> Yeah, she's, yeah. She's, just so, she's just so bubbly. Ron, if you would like to call in that night, you know, say hi. I'm I sure might. I'm going to go. Continue. I'm going to come right on over and cut her in half while you interview her. How's that? That would Even be better. awesome. <laughs> I'll be you around. Look you, you look good. I mean, you're you're still very handsome. Why? Well, thank you. you. Know. Remember, hey, yeah. you're married. 
Oh, no, I'm not no. married yet. Oh, Stay away from my woman, Butch. No, I'm not kidding. What a ring. What a yeah, American well, Poltergeist, the Curse of Willis Ratchet. There yep. we go. Yes. Do, do, you, oh, do, you remember the, <laughs> do you remember the nursery rhyme? I know you remember that nursery rhyme. Oh, um... Hold on. What does it start with? Hold on. Of course I do, but now now that I'm on the spot. Um, <laughs> Lilith Ratchet took a hatchet, gave her lover a head in the, in, in the basket, called her something, something, call her name after midnight, feel her pain. Something like that. It's very close. I was very close to it. Did, yeah, did, you did the right ballpark. Who's there? That was from the Butch Patrick show recently. Yep, with cool. Rob Yeager as well, too. Yep. I've met him at conventions. I wish I could have talked to him on the, the show just to bring him back. Yeah, he, he was a really cool guy. Yep. Yeah, Francie told him, I'm not married. Oh, <laughs> and I like uh, I went in. Uh, Butch Patrick ain't gonna steal my gal. Looking forward. To- <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I had to laugh. That was a good one, Mick. <laughs> that that yep. would be like really terrible, wouldn't it? Like a, oh, uh, you know, after 12 years, I lost Trancy to Butch Patrick. It, and he went to the Dracula. <laughs> it drove off in the Dragula. Yep, yep, exactly. Yep. In the Dragula. <laughs> That's some funny shit right there, dude. Mm-hmm. Any, anybody got any advanced uh, opinions about the new Monsters movie by Rob Zombie? Oh, I yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I saw, uh, I, I keep up with YouTube shit. You know, from news uh, to um, especially entertainment entertainment news, and uh, I like the stuff I'm hearing about the next Spider-Man movie and Indiana Jones, blah blah blah. And heard the Eternals sucks. I, I, I'm like I, I I like gather up all that. I, I I've been like that all my life about movies coming up in the next couple of years. The rumors, but um, um, but with uh, the monsters, um, I saw who's playing. Well, Sherry Moon is playing. Yeah. Um, what's her name? Um, the guy that Malik. played Malik. the caveman in the Geico commercials is playing Herman. Yeah, nobody well, can do it and, like and, uh, and then uh, some guy do I don't it. know. They they showed him, and he's playing um, the. Uh, uh, the uncle, the the grandfather, um, uh, Grandpa. and stuff, and they showed some behind the scenes stuff. It looks like it's going to be in black and white, which would make sense. You know, yeah. you know Rob, Rob Zombie when he's good, he's really good, and and uh, it's a labor of love for him because uh, you know the Monsters was his favorite show as a kid. 
I kind of have faith that maybe he won't let us down. I wish John Link were around now because that was absolutely one of his favorite shows back in the 60s. And John was always one who, 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 was, who leaned towards canon. I mean, he would have probably been arguing that, you know, you leave the monsters alone. But uh, I would I would like to have heard his opinion. I would have I would have gladly picked him up and taken him to see Rob Zombie's Monsters when it came out. But he, of course, John didn't hang around long enough. You know, one thing, one rule of my life is that I cannot commit suicide. Um, I, I've been through low points, but one rule of my life is that I cannot do that because I want to see what's going to happen next. And with and with John Link. It would have been cool if he lived long enough to see what happened with the monsters. It's like uh, uh, back when Rise of Skywalker was coming out, I was going, you know what, Lord, please live, let me live another day to find out the results of that and see it for myself. And then, you know, and then <clears throat> there would always be the next movie and the yep. next political thing and the next you know, I just want to keep living to see what's going to happen next with the stuff I'm into and with the world and stuff. But it's uniquely movies. It's like, uh, I, I just, I, okay, I heard Eternal sucks. i got to see the next Spider-Man. i got to see the next Doctor Strange. Um, you know, and then let me live long enough to see these things. And then, uh, oh, I have yet to see uh, the Carnage movie. Really want to see that. So I don't want to, like, uh, all of a sudden up and die tomorrow so that when it comes out on video, I can see it. You know, it, 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 it's just like a I, – I, I mean, I might die tomorrow, but then I might not. And um, I, I like to see the, the, the how history turns out with, like – you know, the world and movies. That's probably the only two things that I'm interested in besides what I'm doing is the world, how it goes through the Trump stuff with the political stuff and and then with the next movie. <laughs> you know. And and then I, I all I concentrate on is like, you know, paying the bills, doing my stuff. Me and Francie, we're here at the house, black bedsheet books. Um, but, uh, I mean, man, you know, uh, I, I, if I had to give any advice to somebody that wanted to kill themselves, don't you want to see what's going to happen in the world next, tomorrow? I mean, you know, aren't you curious? You know, just stay away from all that stuff and stay alive and live to see what's going to go on. Anyway, that's yeah. my spiel. I want to see what happens next, man. If I died tomorrow, I would want to tell God, you know, show me what's going on right now because I really want to know. Yeah. How do we turn out? It's probably what a is this? What's the next Star Wars movie going to be? You know, <laughs> stuff like that. <laughs> You watch the news today. I think we're just all living in a in a uh, a comedy reality show, like set up for the angels. I don't know. Oh, you know what they say is they say that we might be in an alternate reality. 
now, which is the fad nowadays, even with movies. Um, but they say that there's parallel dimensions and the Mandela effect. Mandela oh. effect. Oh, boy. Yeah, now, now where, you know, where, where's Charles Pellegrino when we need him? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> hey, guys, so I don't mean like, to be rude, uh, but I got yeah. cut out. So. So but, man, you know, everybody. there's all kinds of stuff. We could be like other people in other worlds. That yeah, would be trippy. In another dimension, John Link may still be alive, and it would be Edward that's in the hospital. No, you know, I've been, you know, actually, All I was right, close to. Wait. We're, we're about to be cut off. Uh, let's just play a little bit of hesitation blues. <laughs> Why just not? when things were getting interesting. Uh, well, we have. Well, for us, but let's all identification yeah, of ourselves. Yeah, we're about to be cut off. Oh, I'm yeah. waiting for uh, Butch Patrick. Are you there? I am here, Francie. Man, this is it. I, I cannot tell you Yay. how awesome I am that you decided to come on this show. I, I'm, you know, I'm being Francie, honest I'm with wor- you. I'm a little worried about you. You need some more energy. I <laughs> do. Hey, Jonathan, how you doing? Hi, Francie. I'm doing great. And uh, that was uh, that was some build-up you guys gave me. You guys have low standards. Good Lord. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. We have the highest of standards at, well, at times. But, no, we, well, we really but... do mean this. We, we really do mean this. In fact, uh, Jonathan... I, I would tell everybody, I was like, hey, we got to go Mayberry or something. Like, people I'm talking to casually, they're like, oh, what the heck? We even had Jason Gaylor on, and, you know, Jason, Jason Gaylor was like, Jonathan Mayberry? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, yeah. you are, without a doubt, one of the most respected writers, of, uh, amongst writers. If you just say Jonathan Mayberry, everybody, Wow. Honestly, that's, that's the reaction that I've always gotten about you whenever I talk well, that's, about that's, it. That's not unnerving at all to hear that. You know, like, <laughs> see if I can live up to that. But, Sorry, it was smoking I, I some weed. I appreciate the kind words. I, I, I clearly do. And, and it's, it's nice to know that, that people are, are enjoying the, the crazy things I write and having a little fun with me along the way. So that's Halloween also. Ah, I guess that's my cue. Hey, Dave. There he is. Either Dave. How are you? I'm fine. Uh, You know, thank you for all the kind words. It's all bullshit, but thank you. It's very nice to hear. No, no, no. It is is a 100% truth. We speak the truth here. I picked a good, bad time to drop prescription. This is a bad time to quit playlist. Oh, run! I'm thinking of being careful. Hear me now. I am the missing link. Sent from heaven to show you bitches how to get down and 